Welcome to the Kaidas Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to another KBN Live. Um, Ryan and I are both fighting off some sort of uh, super buck, I think. But we you said welcome to another KBN live. Yeah, we're, we're rallying <laughs> for the people, ain't we, Ryan? Uh, something like that, man. I took me about a two-hour nap this afternoon trying to perk back up. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, uh, fighting it off, but we got a, a great show tonight. Of course, we got Justin Patrick, fresh off a huge win over in Lake Chickamauga. One of the first guys that's gone wire to wire and then done it in such an impressive fashion in in a while. So it's gonna be cool to talk to him about what went down over there. Uh, he he definitely did did some some dirty things on Chickamauga. I knew like going in, everybody was like, "What do you think it's gonna take to win?" I said, "Man, I really feel like you know 97, 97 and a half a day." He blew that out of the water. I mean, he freaking smoked him. I can't wait to hear exactly how he did it and then feel even worse about myself. So. Yeah, man. Usually these two-day tournaments, it's like somebody will put up a good limit on day two, but a lot of times it's just consistency for two days. He put up a great day one and then, you know, upsized on day two. Went over so 100 inches. I, the trick was, and, and this is what I thought going into the tournament, I felt like the, if you could find something offshore, not beating the banks, that was the, the key to, to having two really consistent days to put up big limits. I felt like the shallow stuff – you may bump into one or two big fish a day. That's pretty typical. I didn't think I didn't think there was a two hundred inch possibility shallow. I didn't think you could cover that much water. So yeah, yeah, we'll I know see what I, happened. Some of my old town guys were, were there, and one of them talked about how he caught sixty fish on a, a uh, I think it was a goat toads or a horny toad or something. But it just he had to keep catching them to get to the larger fish because there were so many yeah. small fish up shallow. So, but we'll get into all that. We'll get into that. Uh, of course, before we get going and recap the weekend, we'll we'll. Give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we appreciate Dugout Bait and Tackle, as always, the presenting sponsor of the show. They have got some more demo kayaks on sale per what? Steve Owens. He sent me a message what? said there's some more deals to be had, and they're not cracked. We're gonna get into I that wish Steve O would tell me that there was deals to be had. Steve just keeps me in the dark on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he sent me a little text a couple hours ago. So there you go. Hit up Dugout Bait and Tackle. Get a hold of Steve, and he can get you in contact with them for some used demo boats that are still like new. Use like new. I'm going to text uh, them right now. Yeah, Western Sun Vodka. Using them to get over these colds. Maybe that'll clear the poison out of our system. I don't know. Replace Ho- it. Hopefully so. Uh, and then Revo Sunglasses. Appreciate Revo. Best lenses on earth. And everyone that has touched a pair of Revos has fallen in love with them quick. And uh, kind of, pun intended, throw shade at their old sunglasses. So thanks, Revo, for sponsoring the show. Um, yeah, man, but let's get into the weekend first. Let's talk about yours. 
I mean, obviously, we were all had all eyes on Lambert. It's gonna be a gonna be a short Lambert story, Jeff. Live scope Lambert over there for Chickamauga. So tell us what happened over there, man. dude. Honestly, man, I, I made my mind up that I just wanted to focus on the offshore deal because I really thought that was that was the best chance to win it. Um, I had I ran the lake Sunday in my big boat and didn't see really any schools on the main the main ledges the main ledge spots that i expected to so i was like okay clearly that ain't happening so holiday didn't fish hung out with the family whatever tuesday i had to work all week so i tried to mix it up and get out you know for a couple hours it may have been middle of the day or afternoons but when i got out like i was finding these schools of fish back on more secondary stuff whether it be creek channels or humps or whatever there was so much current last week it pushed a lot of those schools back off the main channel ledges well i would live scope them cast in a drop shot and catch like 18 and a half 19 and three quarters 21 and a quarter i was like dude this is dumb like this wasn't one spot like i didn't go just beat up one school there was like five different spots i would just go in scope them hit them and leave and i'm like this is crazy like this is insanely consistent on all these different areas so when i got up saturday morning uh that's how i assumed it was going to be i had found a um mayfly hatch the afternoon before on Friday, I took a conference call and pulled up in a sh in the shade. And when I did, mayflies fell out of trees everywhere. But there was like 12 guys that launched at the same ramp as me, and they all went toward that shallow stuff. And I was like, nah, my mind's made up. All daddy needs is this live scope and this drop shot, boy. Oh, um, scope Lambert. Dude, I, I ran those humps like over and over and over again, and the fish were still there, but I could not get them to eat. I was catching a bunch of short fish. I think I busted a... A 15 off one, a 17 and a quarter off another one. And finally, I just got frustrated with that. And I moved to an area, a big community hole that I knew there would be good current. Went up there and caught a 17 and a half inch smallmouth and then jumped to 17. And that was that was all she wrote, boys. I was I was done after that. Felt like shit. <laughs> went home, went to bed. Uh, we didn't have any kind of real wild times at the house <laughs> on this one. I, I apologize for being a bit of a stick in the mud, but uh, Sunday I didn't even want to get out of bed too early. I cleaned up the Airbnb and went out for about an hour, and I just I felt awful. There were some things inside me that d didn't agree with my lifestyle, so uh, I went on to the house. Congrats to the guys that cashed that. Congrats to e Ethan Jet. He fishes a lot of our local stuff too. He came in second, rolled up on them. Super proud of the guy. He did really well in Tennessee Hammers deal. I mean, Ethan's a great kid and glad glad to see him uh him cashing that big check. And of course Christine rounded out that top three as well. And how about Steve O pushing up in that top ten? Dude, Steve O, son, he was he was all over the place talking to him, you know, before the tournament. He's like, I don't think I'm gonna go here. I wanna I wanna go somewhere else. And I'll let everybody else fish in there and then I'll go in there for a big fish later in the day. And I was like, Do you hear the logic that you're saying right now? You're going to let three or four other people beat up your big fish spot and then go in there. I was like, dude, go in there, rub elbows and get dirty. Like, I mean, if you're going to try to win it, win it. And then he did. And then he, I mean, he went, he went in there and was smashing them up. Boy, I'm, I'm super proud of Steve. I wish he was fishing more of these events so he could slide into this TOC. He he said he was one inch out. I think two, two spots total uh, missed the TOC, but hopefully steve will throw some on the schedule and get back to fishing quit running all these tournaments yeah yeah steve can catch them just like uh just like old aj the td himself he can catch him i i remember i remember a day when aj could fish i do yeah, 
Well, uh, my weekend, man, uh, I didn't have a tournament or anything, but I took my son. We actually went and floated the river for the first time in a long time. He's back home, you know, back home from the Air Force. Put a paddle in my hand, dude, and just paddled Ooh. old school. No, How that no electronics, no, no. It was, it was actually, it was awesome. It was fun. River was still up for all the rain, so it was an easy, you know, easy float. We could go as fast or slow as we wanted to, just get off in the eddies. And we caught him up. I had a good time. You know, Is your boy going to start fishing something with us? Yeah, he's called me every day this week talking about how we're going to get out on the road and he wants to fix these big tournaments with me. And, you know, we're going to go do this. So Come on with it. I'm so, glad you'll have somebody who can read the menu for you. Yes. Yeah, he can pay it's gonna me. It's going to be awesome. Read my, read my menus for me, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, but he's also about to have a baby. So, I, you know, oh, he's talking big. never mind. Never mind, yeah. dog. <laughs> Bad talk, news. He's talking big. So, you know, I don't know. We'll catch you in about five years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. But I had a blast on the river before this this cold hit me the next day. What uh, else? Do, what else have we got going? You're obviously. I just want to congratulate you, Jeff, on on sparking change in uh, you know really getting the broom out and cleaning up kayak fishing there with your reaction video. That that really uh, rolled downhill quick, didn't it? Yeah, that you know what's funny is that kind of just happened under the radar because no one on our KBN page even really realized that it happened. Uh, for those that don't know, I made a reaction video to the Gene Jensen victory, or what was a victory, on the KBF Pro Series from Laurel Lake a couple weeks ago. wasn't accusing Gene of anything. It was just kind of spotlighting the rule, like, hey, this rule's no good, bank fishing and kayak tournaments, what's the deal? Well, lo and behold, they, they opened an investigation into did he fish legal water, not the bank fishing part, but was the bank fishing in legal water? Turns out it wasn't. So the, Chad did a live video, actually – talked to gene on there gene obviously did not do anything malicious he freaking videoed it all and put it on his five hundred thousand person youtube channel so obviously i think he thought he was okay <coughs> after talking to the marina lady but uh they dq'd they him so he didn't win jimmy mcclurkin's now the pro series winner and i don't know who won the day two so trail. you're telling me that verbal permission doesn't override posted no fishing signs. That's right. Hey, posted buoys. I'll be damned. <laughs> uh, and I did go watch the video of Chad and him talking in the in the DQ. And in the video, uh, they did say something about changing the bank fiction rule permanently. It needs to be rewritten. For sure. Uh, and I think, I think Chad's quote, you know, I don't want to get it wrong, but it was something to the effect of the way the rule was written was because that's how kayak fishing is. We're in shallow water. We wade, that kind of thing. But not everything that is the basis of kayak fishing belongs in competition kayak fishing. So I agree with that statement. Um, I think just the way you were, just the way you word it too. I mean, that, it's not like it wasn't for like, you know, safety deal, like the water was too rough yeah. or the wind kicked up or whatever, like. If you dock on a private marina, then that's yeah. there's obviously something else going on. So there we go. KB and DOJ uh, got some rules maybe changing or at least being adjusted and got Jimmy McClurkin, Jimmy McClurkin some more money. It's another Tennessee guy. I like it. Um, of course, we got to touch on this real quick before we get Tim in here. Cause, or Tim. Justin in here. We got to touch on Tim. Tim Brown. We're, we're sick. Uh, we're sick, people. Give us a break here. Uh, we, we got colds. But Tim Brown today, the Crack Toby deal. How much of that did you see, Ryan? I mean, I woke up from my nap to catch up on that. Apparently, apparently the dude had a hull crack on his Hobie, gets a warranty hull, and what was he asking for it for the cracked 3, one? Thirty-eight hundred. Thirty-eight hundo for the crack hull. My boy done got a done got a free hull from Hobie, and he's about to turn around and gouge your eyeballs out for thirty-eight hundred bucks. Thirty-eight hundred OBO. 
Take um, that, boys. And it looked like multiple cracks. There was like cracks at different pinch points or weak points around the, the boat there. So it didn't go well for them. There was a lot of uh, memes and questions <laughs> underneath. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's know. That's real tricky. You got to be yeah. careful on stuff like that. That's Maybe like when you see one without a drive or a seat. Be real careful buying those two. Every time I sell something on Facebook, I get asked if is trades are trades available. So maybe this one will actually work out into a trade. We'll trade for like a broken scuba tank or something. Something no, like that would be good. Yeah. Uh, Griff Garibrandt, Juan yeah. Comanche, and five grand out there in yeah. California, wherever there is uh, out there in California. So congrats on yeah. on taking Comanche uh, for the California Bass Nation. And I think and, out there that 5K will equal two tanks of gas out there. That's so, well, I I don't know what percentage the state keeps out of that that kayak winnings, but congratulations on that one for sure. So yeah, Tim and Garrett and those guys continue to do big things with California Bass Nation. So good stuff out there. Uh, last but not least, before we get our our guest in, do we know what the deal was with Adam Fillmore's post today? The oh yeah the, yeah, yeah I know all what about was he it. talking about hundred percent. Um, so he. There's a place on Chickamauga. It's a it's a marina. It's private ramp marina. So if you don't have a slip at that marina, you can't use it, right? So everybody, I mean, locally, we all know that. And the only access ramps from it are like four miles away. So you got to really commit to that one to get there. <clears throat> so we had a local guy. He launches, you know, busts his ass. He said he averaged, he told me the story at the ramp, the local guy did. Tells me he he averages five miles an hour going over there in a Hobie PA 360, which is rolling. Like, that's freaking churning butter. So he gets across the lake, gets back there, and there's Fillmore. <laughs> and, and the young man apparently uh, approached Fillmore with some hostility, like, you better read the rules. You can't be, you can't launch here, blah, blah, blah. And Fillmore's like, bro, you better read the rules. He's like, you don't know where I launched. And the the young man was like, you need to call AJ. And Fillmore's like, I ain't got a problem. You need to call AJ. So so I guess somebody called AJ. Fillmore, this is how the story went. So they go back under this culvert, whatever. Fillmore is on the phone with AJ explaining where he launched and the research that he did on the launch and whatnot. <laughs> and young Stunna comes over, casts in front of him, and busts like a 21 or something, just a giant fish while he's on the phone with AJ, just to already pour fuel on an existing fire. Uh, ultimately, Fillmore was in the right. He did his research, found some public access on a, on a roadside pull-off, lifted a PA-14 over a guardrail, and slid it down a big-ass hill. I mean, he had to work for it. This wasn't anything easy, but ultimately... There, there was no wrong that was done, you know. I mean, he, he checked the boxes. He read the rules as you should. I mean, that's your responsible, like responsibility as an angler. He did, he did the right thing. So everything's good, but just make sure when you approach situations like that, and I posted on that thread today, like I had a situation like that at Ufala. I asked the guy, hey, man, how'd you get back here so fast? Where'd you launch? He told me. So I just confirmed that his launch was legal. I mean, that's it. That's all you can do. Like, it's not your job to, like, kind of bully people or be rude or whatever like you have to kind of approach these kind of things with open communication if you can anyone get two piece yes bobby to your answer it was anyone get two piece trying no one got two piece <laughs> no 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 no. all right all right good story ended good then yep uh, okay what do you say let's get justin in here let's the big do it. winner let's do it from chickamauga let's change this background around 
Bam, the champ is here. Justin What's Patrick. up, fellas? Yeah, welcome. As you can hey, see, man. Justin's got the pro mic there because he is also a podcaster from the Lines In <laughs> podcast over there. Yeah, so, we uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, he's ready. He's ready for tonight, man. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. Man, I just want to say shout out to that dude who lifted that PA over that guardrail. That's oh, that's silly. <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, dude, that's nuts. I don't care what's back there. That's hey, yeah. way too much. I would yeah. cut the guardrail before I did all that. Nah, I just would have found a different ramp. <laughs> that's too much work for that. Dig a trench through the guardrail. It's wild. Yeah. Are you married, Justin? I am, man. Uh, How married? does she feel about that mantle? All that. <laughs> All that stuff on the mantle behind you. She don't know about that yet. Okay. So. okay. Oh, <laughs> I just, right. I I just put that there just a few minutes ago. So. <laughs> Surprise, honey. I redecorated yeah. the house. I'm a pro now. Oh, she's got a nice mantle piece behind there and stuff. He, he left so. the flowers up there to the left, so he's good. Well, no, that's cute. Them. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it's my it's my lines in background, too. We keep it real over here. Keep so. with the motif. <laughs> yeah, so, man. Justin, tell us. Number one, where are you from in Tennessee, and how much time have you spent on Chickamauga previously? Yeah, so uh, I'm from the Memphis area, uh, kind of outskirts. you got some little smaller communities. Uh, so my, I'm in Bartlett, um, and Chickamauga, I've been there a couple of times, um, once for a KBF event, and then the first Hobie BOS when it was like flooded like crazy. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's really the extent of my experience on Chick. Uh, I live... You know, it's about an hour 45 from Pickwick, so I, I go there quite a bit. Um, so as far as the Tennessee River goes, I've you know, got quite a bit of experience on it. Trying to get the screen shared from screen two over here. I was going to give Jeff go. an opportunity to ask a question. Oh, no, sorry. I was but trying to get the screen. Might, he might not want to tonight. He's not yeah, feeling I, well either. No, I'm good. No, I, I want to – you probably heard us before you came on, Justin. I got the screen shared now. Uh, we were talking about the winners we've had on this year in two-day events – there's kind of a pattern there where a lot of times they don't even, they don't ever lead day one or day two individually, but they put up a top five stringer both days and just stay consistent and get it done. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you came in on day one with 97 and a half inches. You were the day one leader. And not only did you stay consistent, but then you blow it out of the water on day two with a 102 75 there, man, to, to put up 200 inches uh, for the tournament. Unbelievable. Tell us just number one, tell us, what you found in practice uh, leading up to that and what you uh, felt like you were going to be able to do in the tournament? Yeah, so uh, honestly, I, I, was real, I was really just kind of torn between um, w whether or not I wanted to commit to the offshore deal. It's, you know, it, it, it can be feast or famine, but also it's, it's the first weekend of June. <laughs> we both on here. One of us is feast and the other one's famine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it rolls, man. I mean, it's there, there's no – there's no guarantee with the ledge deal, but I mean, you know, it's Chickamauga. It's the first of June. You know, it's uh, one of the most popular times to be on the Tennessee river. So, and, I mean, you know, I just, I haven't had a lot of good experiences on chick with uh, the local pressure. I mean, they will just straight up roll up on you. Um, but you know, <laughs> you know, that's just what you got to contend with. But, you know, I was, uh, my, my thought was, you know, I was just going to cover a lot of water, uh, scanning ledges and stuff in practice. So I got in on Wednesday, just started at the dam, looking at a little bit deeper stuff, um, and then just kind of worked my way up the river and just really committed to it. I, I, my thought was, if I can't find them offshore, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can go and, you know, fish shallow uh, or kind of mid-depth range and, you know, scrounge together a limit both days. But um what it really kind of came together the last hour and a half on Friday, I put it in a, my last spot, 
rolled out to an area, you know, it's kind of a community hole and um, got in there and everything else that I was throwing at, the other fish that I was seeing were just kind of isolated. I wasn't really seeing a lot of big schools. I, I, I heard you say, Ryan, you, you had come across some uh, the week before, but I just wasn't really seeing very much where I was looking. But um, so I rolled up out there and threw a drop shot, started catching a few and, you know, hooked a 20 incher, came off. Uh, so then that was, you know, that was really like all I had, you know, going into it. But what really kind of like sold me on the area is not so much just that spot, but the grass that I, that I was seeing was just fresh green grass right there on the, uh, you know, the river ledge and every, you know, all the other grass that I had seen on the main river area was, you know, just brown and dead. So that was, that kind of got me excited. Uh, but you know, that was, uh, that was really all I had going into Saturday and then, I really, you know, found my best spot during the day on Saturday. Um, you know, it was kind of weird. I, uh, there was quite a few of us at the ramp, and we we're all talking, you know, like, hey, where are you going, this and that. And you know, there was one guy who was specifically asking. He was – I guess he wanted to make sure that we knew that he was going a little bit further down. But uh, so he had fished around the area, but he never really got on the exact spot that I ended up in. And – so I, you know, after I caught, I caught a limit um, off my first spot, and actually the fish that I lost on Friday, I, I hooked it again, caught it on Saturday. Off the you put a tracker level. on it, man. I guess it had my number or something. It liked what I was throwing, but <laughs> I, I know, you know you. I, I can't say for sure. You know, if it was the same fish, but it, it, you know, it was when it jumped up on Friday. It was in that five cloud, that five pound range, and uh, the one I hooked on Saturday was was right there, but um but yeah man just uh filled out my limit and then rolled down the ledge you know just kind of looking for some uh some bigger fish just you know trying to upgrade and stuff and came across this ledge uh threw up in there and it didn't really just you know didn't really scan it very much just kind of threw in there started you know it started getting bit and it just unfolded from there were you um I'm looking at these pictures Jeff's pulling up right now. Were you fishing like the main the main channel ledge stuff, or were you fishing like creek channel, like secondary ledge stuff? Like what was your what was your magic to put this incredible stringer together? <laughs> uh, man, you know, I, I really think the spot where I was at, I mean, it was just, um, you know, it was a creek channel, you know, basically a big grass flat, and the creek channel was just winding through it. And it emptied out right into the main river. And I mean, you know, it had just fresh green grass all around it. And that's just a, that's a recipe uh, for, you know, a lot of big fish to hang out there. But I think, you know, really, because I was nervous going into day two that it was going to, that it was going to hold up. Um, but on Saturday, we had so much current rolling through. The wind was blowing the same direction. I think they just kind of hunkered down up in there and <coughs> It just kind of made it home for a few days. Uh, so, you know, Sunday when I got in there, you know, they were they were in there, they were fired up, ready to eat, and uh, until that sun came out, just kind of started dying off. But, you know, that was that was the ticket. I, you know, it a lot of a lot of the components kind of came together. You know, it was big river, you know, bend in the river, uh, real close to the spawning ground. You know, big grass flat, tons of bait ground, and just a perfect spot for them to hang out and you know, feed up. Let me ask you this, man, because had your, <clears throat> excuse me, had your stringer up on the screen there, obviously, I mean, you had five plus seven on your tourney X limit, which, you know, you had 12 keepers at least. I mean, you probably caught more fish than that that you didn't even bother taking a picture of. Um, 
So you didn't ag- exactly lay off the area, or did you? I mean, did you did you go back to the well on on Sunday as well, the same spot, or did you have another area that you knew would reload would be loaded, or did you just think this would reload and be set for you on Sunday also? Uh, well, actually, um, so on Saturday, I, I got a limit off the first spot, the the, the spot that I had found in practice on Friday, okay. and uh, and then you know once I found the second spot, I, uh, I culled out my four smaller fish, and then I left it alone. Um, just kind of went around. Uh, I had caught I had caught about a six pounder uh, flipping docks uh, in practice on Thursday, and so I, there was a stretch of docks which was kind of my backup plan. Um, but it didn't really have the right depth. It was only about three, four feet up underneath these docks. So I didn't really, didn't really have any luck over there. So I really, I, I decided to let it go um, on Saturday. Uh, just, you know, I wasn't sure if it was going to hold up for, for two days, but, you know, I at least was <laughs> going to try and make the right decision and uh, lay off of them. And then Sunday, <laughs> I was exhausted uh, Saturday, man. I, I uh, had my alarm set for three. The game plan was to get up to go to Waffle House and get to the ramp by about We'll get four, a sit-down breakfast on the way. <laughs> yeah. well, That's right. I like it, yeah. Yeah, man. I accomplished that on Friday, so I was going to try to go for that on Saturday night, uh, Saturday morning, but uh, Sunday, I'm sorry. But um, slept in a little bit, woke up at five, you know, said a few words, got the <laughs> stuff together, got in the truck, skipped the Waffle House, and got to the ramp like – 545 and yeah uh yeah just wrong <laughs> and uh man i was uh i was kind of conflicted on whether or not i wanted to start out at my first spot that i'd started on saturday but when i got out on the water there was a bass boat already on it so that just made up my mind you know i was going straight to the straight to the juice and uh probably a good thing that i did because man they were they bit really good for first you know hour and a half and then that cloud cover went away, the sun came out, and they just kind of shut off. You had, what was it, like 98 inches within the first little bit, though, right? I mean, you, you ran up there pretty quick on Sunday. Yeah, it was uh, right at right 98, 99. I think I had 198 inches by around 9 o'clock, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I thought it was something. I mean, I probably by the time I woke up, you already had 198 inches. <laughs> Justin took like, all the shoot. drama out. He took the drama out of the day. Yeah, I probably probably would just rolled on out of there Man. on that one. I was still waking up myself. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Somebody somebody texted me and they were like, dude, you ought to just go back to the ramp, go get breakfast. And I was like, nah, this is this is oh, chick, yeah. man. <laughs> but it was tempting. I mean, it's it's chick, but that's the thing. Like, if you on that, I felt like the deep bite was gonna be if you were gonna have a shot at a, you know, high one hundreds, two hundred inch bag, it was gonna be offshore. And you fully illustrated that point. <laughs> fully it's, illustrated that point. Yeah, it was it was a magic hole, man. That's that's for sure. Um, I, I I mean, I love fishing offshore. I mean, I, I love getting out on Pickwick and stuff. You know, when when Kentucky Lake was better, uh, you know, that's that's one of the big reasons why I got into a Hobie was just so I could be fit. You know, I could so I could fish offshore uh, more efficiently and stuff. But you know, you don't find holes like that very often. And it was really, it was really strange because nobody else came over there. No bass boats were rolling up. I mean, really the pressure in my area was, was pretty low. Did you have current on Saturday? So something that happened, I guess, Friday night is they raised the lake quite a bit, which means they shut off the outflow quite a bit on the lower end of the lake. I noticed as I was going under the bridge by the ramp I launched at, my rod tips were like, 
like hitting the bridge. I was like, oh shit, like that ain't good. It didn't register to me that the lake had came up because I mean, my rod tips don't usually hit there. And I was like, eh, whatever. I go on out, obviously don't catch a lot of fish there. I leave, move to my second spot. Well, the second spot has seawalls going out. Well, the water was over the seawalls. And I know that's not like you don't build seawalls under the water level. So I was like, shit, the lake's up two feet here. Luckily, that spot had current on it, but I was far enough up the lake to where you would still get current without, you know, the lack of flow of the south yeah. end. Did you have current where you were? Yeah, it was um, it was rolling pretty good on Saturday. I mean, I was I was on the pedals all day, um, coupled with the wind, especially once it picked up. And that, that's probably why I was so exhausted Saturday night, man. I was I was on it all day. Like I want to, and this is probably one of my my biggest failures as an angler i don't know how to look for shit like that coming at me right <laughs> like like if i if i would pay attention to all the fact and i really did try super hard to pay attention on this stuff that's why i only pre-fished in the middle of the day when it would suck the most like i thought if i could get big bites at that time i was doing something right i went to bed early i re-spooled my shit i retied my things i was so organized and I f I'm like, what have I missed now? And I feel like that's the one thing, and that's something that we even talked about the previous Monday was how current affected every single thing on that river, and I did not even factor in the outflow. The only thing I looked at was the inflow from Watts Bar and that they were going to be running water. That's the only factor I looked at. I did not even think about how far south on the lake that I was <laughs> trying to ledge fish. And I'm like, God dang, dude, come on. Like, just stop, <laughs> stop it. Stop hurting yourself. I don't know. Man. It, it, there's, there's, I've, I've been telling this to people, like there's just so much crap that you got to get together with kayak fishing. I mean, you know, have yourself organized, you know, I mean, just fishing in general, but kayak fishing specifically, as you get, cause you got so much stuff you got to put on your boat, your crate, your, your know your rods everything something's bound to slip through the cracks i mean well it, you can't fire up a pump. 250 and run till you hit current right so yeah, like yeah. by that point i've hit three humps and the main channel ledge spot i'm a good five hours into this endeavor here <laughs> yeah. there's there's only so many minutes left at the point you realize that you've made a terrible mistake yeah so uh, that's go ahead no i'll say we got some comments coming in we got one from youtube chris carnes so it gives y'all much respect from Dayton to Patterson's to Chester. There was so much boat traffic and Justin threw down anyway. Good job, sir. But you just said a minute ago, you didn't have much tra pressure or traffic on your area. How, why do you think no one figured that spot out? Is it just pure luck that you, that they didn't figure it out or, or what happened there? Yeah. That seems bizarre on such a pressured, you know, pressured fishery. I know that's, you know, that that's, it was bizarre to me. I, um, honestly, one of the reasons, you know, like I said, I just was, contemplating even doing the offshore deal uh i was out at chick for the first for one of the first times and i, I literally pedaled like it took me 30 minutes to get out to this main river bar and i, I swear this guy waited until i was almost there and he just <laughs> took off and got, cut me off so i mean it's stuff like that that you know you got to take in consideration because like you know like lambert said i mean you know you can't it, you can't put together a milk run out, out of a kayak you know you don't have a 250 to crank up and that's you know, when you see these elites and stuff, I mean, you know, they've got everything strategically planned out when they think, um, you know, the, the fish are going to fire on this specific spot and stuff like that. And they plan it out that way, you know. So, you know, in kayak, you know, you basically kind of have to get lucky and roll up on a, you know, on a honey hole. Um, but I, I have no idea. I don't know why. Um, 
you know, it seemed like some, most of the boats that were coming up that direction, they were kind of more looking at some other stuff, but a lot of them were going up in the pockets, fishing shallow. And it was, it was kind of beyond me and how they didn't really roll up on me very much. Anybody do the uh, drive by save a waypoint deal on you when you, when you landed? One? <laughs> yeah. Well, Sunday, this, uh, this old party barge, they just pulled up and just stopped right on top of it <laughs> and set a waypoint and took off. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I figured somebody, if they, once they saw you pull a few in, might do that to you. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was waiting for it. Yeah. Then here's but, another one, man. Chuck Smith said, that's the difference between, between you and him is he, if he'd have caught a six pounder on a dock, he'd have been laying on docks all day. Uh, so, so what give the folks a key to not chasing, I don't want to call it a ghost fish because obviously it was a good fish, but not chasing that ghost pattern, uh, from just catching one good one. You know, how do you, how do you make that decision there? Uh, I feel like with the, you know, on, on the Tennessee river, it's, it's a lot different than, than, um, other lakes that don't really have current. Like if I would have caught a, you know, six pounder on the dock, on um you know uh, on a different like i can't think of one just off the top of my head but somewhere that's not you know it's not a river system i probably would have you know committed more to that but you know on the tennessee river they just it's just in their they're just wired to get out there i mean especially those big fish they're lazy you know they don't want to they don't want to have to sit there and fight other other fish off and stuff and you know so they're going to get out there where it's comfortable and um but i mean honestly in this situation you know getting to that you know finding that last spot on friday was was kind of a decision maker and i mean i, I liked that uh, the area also had those other docks and stuff i mean i didn't really know that it was you know really shallow under those docks at the time but um that was kind of my backup plan you know or if if it didn't pan out there i was gonna you know load up and go somewhere else kind of more mid lake and um and uh kind of go to where i was catching them on the docks don't do that <laughs> man when i rolled past skull island that ramp over there dude every man, time I shut up. There, it was so bad. that's the, so that was one of the areas that i that i had pre-fished and there was there's been a school in front of skull island for a month now like a good size school and when i was fishing it one of the cole sands he, he used to fish the college stuff now he just guides on the lake and fishes some of the flw stuff now but he pulls up with clients and I'm sitting here retying. Like I know the school's there. I don't have any, you know, need to sit and pound them. And I watch them catch like seven off of it. Just bam, bam, bam. And I'm like, okay, well I'm going to head on to a different spot. So I, you know, I go on down and, and catch a, catch a couple others again, complete community hole off the cooling towers, but it's like 18, 19 and a half, like good fish. I'm like, dude, this is like, this is good here. But skull Island, I looked on Friday and they were like 15, kayaks launching out of there and i was like i'm not doing that like it pisses me off no offense to all you people i love fishing with you but i don't love fishing near that many people on tournament day because it yeah. can literally be you know the difference between one or two bites of you having a a you know competitive stringer or just surviving and i didn't feel like that was gonna be the move myself yeah man i i'm, I'm the same i would rather I would rather die, uh, you know, doing something completely different than everybody else than sit there and fight 20, 30 kayaks. That's just, uh, it's insane. But, you know, I'll I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of bit me in the butt sometimes because, you know, it, it works out for some people. Out of Skull Island, Dylan, he launched at Skull Island and he tried to get on some of the deeper stuff there. Caught a couple, didn't really pan out. So he, he you know, there's the Mayfly hatch going on, right? So he starts 
going shallow looking for these trees that are loaded with mayflies and fishing under them. And he had, I think he had like 88 and a half or something like that on day one, put together a pretty good limit just for, for, you know, scratching and clawing. Like there was a shallow bite there, but again, I felt like I think he covered six or eight pockets to put that limit together, which is probably 12 miles or so of running that lake. I mean, how, how much is it, you know, how much is worth it to, to, you know, be, be in a 30th place limit for having to work that hard for it. I feel like, and I still stand by this and I'm thank God you proved the point that that offshore bite was the deal. Like if you were going to win it, really win it, that offshore bite was the deal. Uh, I mean, what, and you said you were drop shotting. What were you, what's your favorite drop shot bait? Well, dude, that's a question know. from the from the facebook they've heard about the juice on the spot what was the juice on that drop there shot? you go there you go <laughs> i knew it i knew it man it seemed it seemed to be kind of uh, uh adopted by a few people that were in the top uh 19 but man it was a um, morning dawn zoom trick worm <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest thing dude super fancy <laughs> super fancy i wish i <laughs> Uh, but you know the water clarity was right for it i mean it was you know it was a little bit cleaner that's literally what i caught them on actually mine was a morning dawn robo worm to be specific that's that was the whole freaking that was the whole pattern that i ran all week long like this is uh i'm glad we had you on tonight i'm gonna gonna go sell all my shit uh what was that dude's name tim what i'm about to put my boat on with his two for one deal tim brown you come one cracked one not cracked well yeah you can have them both with a live scope i ain't ever using that shit again (laughs) hey so here's a question for you man from from youtube josh has asked it asked it twice now joshua hawks if you had one bait to you for you to use and chick 24 hours best five fish what would it be Oh man, if you would have asked me this before this tournament, I would have said a jig. <laughs> <laughs> Only one. One bag of worms. Yeah. Yeah, one bag. Man. Yeah, probably uh honestly, summertime, probably an eight inch bullworm striking. That's that's usually my that's usually my summertime bait right there, dude. It it they just they kill that thing. I like an old I, monster on a on a half ounce shaky. That's that one's tough yeah. to beat too in the in the yeah. good old summertime. Yeah, y'all explain the the colors on these drop shots because you know everybody knows morning dawn works just about everywhere you know north south whatever, and margarita margarita mutilator and some of those purples. Why? I mean that the the drop shot colors are kind of out there compared to your typical soft plastics. People are throwing green pumpkin and watermelon red and all that, but the drop shots have all these purple hues and, and brighter colors. Why do you think that is that that color uh, stands out on the drop shot? Uh, I, I think I think. Honestly, it um, it seems like I mean fish can, I mean if they can feed in chocolate milk, you know they can they can feel that you know real translucent or more lighter colored worm in, in cleaner water. I think it just looks more natural to them because um, I me mean, I, I tied on I mean I put on a green pumpkin cinco and they wouldn't touch it. Uh, I don't know I don't know what it was, but I mean the morning dawn. And I mean, and, and really, I mean, if you go by brand, every morning dawn is a little bit different. Because uh, oh, yeah. I had I had some of the robo worms too, and uh, they kind of have like a little bit lighter belly. But this one, you know, the zoom one was just a little bit more lighter, uh, you know, of that color than some of the others. Some of them were more darker, like the robo worm is a little bit more darker. But um, I I don't know, man. I can't explain. It. I think I think they see so much of the same stuff. If you can, uh, if you can get a, if you can get away with going more natural, you know, more lighter or translucent, you know, if they'll bite it, then stick with it. 
I think it's standing out matters and i think kind of that reddish hue to it is also something that triggers him to bite for some reason i don't know if maybe like you know injured bait fish or like a little squirt a little blood coming out there or something there's got to be something to do with that that purplish pink hue that that triggers them that's all i can think of i haven't seen many pink bait fish in the chickamauga so i, I, I put <laughs> jesse's that. uh comment up there i like that his profile picture is still that fish he caught off the bank at pickwick at the house at pickwick because that's the best that's that's the best memory Small jesse's matter. got for a tournament was <laughs> catching a fish in the wrong damn lake off the porch of the house that's highlight <laughs> real jesse yeah good man there uh well he had a hell of a day too on pickwick after you caught that bank fish. So yeah, maybe that was something interesting. I found when I was pre-fishing, I was throwing a Ned rig on the bottom and a morning dawn drop shot on the top. I was throwing a green pumpkin TRD on the bottom. I was catching all large mouth on the green pumpkin TRD and all small mouth, 10 inches above however far 10 inches, is, 10 inches above on the morning dawn just shut up Jeff, on the morning dawn robo worm and i don't i that's what i couldn't make sense out of is why you know it had kind of separated the two subspecies uh on on colors and and yeah that's water height there yeah that's weird very weird uh so any question more questions you have for justin throw them in the comments obviously um you know it's unbelievable unbelievable tournament for you and i messaged you i think way before the weigh-in saying hey you want to come on tomorrow night <laughs> at and 9 said, at 9 30 yeah. joe was like yeah. hey you want to come on tomorrow night <laughs> and you said, and you said to me, over right, cause. so like hey you know i didn't want to respond until i knew i had the trophy in my hands but you we act like it was a foregone conclusion but i mean did you really think the potential was there on chick for someone to catch you tracking yeah. down that just didn't submit yet. my man won by a whole extra fish a yeah. whole extra citation class fish and he's like uh let me feel it out i don't know <laughs> i mean did you know or did you really well, think somebody could have chased you down in the with no signal like pull you pull a sandbag on you and catch you? i mean dude you had just about everybody that is a hammer in, in the kayak community fishing this tournament and I mean, I, I was looking at the leaderboard. I knew who had who had caught 90-inch bags the day before. So, I mean, those were the ones that I was mainly focused on. And most of them were cement fish. But the only one was uh, that wasn't was Christine. And I was like, man, I know she knows the river and stuff. And she's not cementing fish either. She's had a terrible day or she's holding on to them or something. So, yeah. you know. But, I mean, the mat mathematically, it was, it, you know, it was going to take her like 109 inches to, to be me and, you know. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's, it's not impossible, not impossible, not impossible on chick, especially on chick. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, and, and, we, and we did, in it. Yeah, we did see her do uh, Jordan dirty on stage and we thought he had it in the bag. So you never know. It could happen. <laughs> yeah. It's unpredictable, man. So I was like, dude, you know, uh, but you know, she walked up and she said, congrats. It's on the stage. So at that point I knew I was like, all right, but. But yeah, man, I wouldn't put it past anybody, especially on on Chick or Gunnersville or Pickwick, to come up with some kind of big bag. So, how long did, were you sitting on 102? Did you, in your mind, did you start getting competing with yourself? Like, all right, let's go get 105. I mean, did you have some time? <laughs> did you have some time? There? I bet I can I'll beat him by three fish. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna catch me. No, uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was at when I was at 198. I, I bet at that point I was really contemplating going back to the truck i was exhausted and hungry <laughs> but, but i was would like it you know, would have been a fair quitting point i'd say it would have but you know 
Then ultimate flex, like, you know, like a selfie, a selfie from Waffle House at like noon. On yeah, sitting sit in Chick Fil A for six hours, you know, <laughs> cracking a tall boy. Woo! Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I was having. Did you fun, fish man. chick in the state championship? What was it? Two years ago? No, I, I did not. Not that one. Yeah. That's why I was wondering if you if you came out for that. I didn't hear you mention that when we talked about it earlier. No, funny story. A guy from our club, Russell, he, he slept in too. <laughs> Actually got up at, after sleeping in late and went out to Waffle House and then came out and wrecked him and got second. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But you got to give it to him. Russell's he's an older cat, so you can't blame him. But. But no, man. I uh, yeah, I sat on the spot for for most of the day. Uh, I called out again, probably with two hours to go. Called out a nineteen and a quarter with a nineteen and a half, and that gave me that uh, that quarter. Unbelievable. Um, we're not going to keep you too long because obviously after two day tournaments, everybody's exhausted. I mean, you're sitting there you're trying to hide that check from your wife. You got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. <laughs> um, but, but <laughs> he's gonna have that shit at yeah. the foot of their bed every morning when he wakes up. Just look right at that. Like, no, but <laughs> first of all, like we said at the beginning, you're you know you got that mic there. You're a fellow podcaster, so tell us a little bit about your podcast, Lines Out, or Lines Out. Uh, yeah, man. So Lines In Yak Fishing. Uh, we started it up. Uh, it's kind of a spinoff of uh, my co-host. He was running a a little show for his tackle uh, shop, Primary Tackle. But uh, he got into kayak fishing uh, about a year and a half ago. And, and so, you know, we started talking about kayak stuff on, on his show. <clears throat> so, you know, we had the idea to, you know, start a uh, kayak fishing podcast. And it kind of evolved to him, you know, stopping his other show and just us doing that. So we, uh, you know, we do a lot of local stuff, you know, but we, you know, we kind of, we branch out. We talk to, you know, people doing all these different kinds of things. We've talked to some guys, uh, um, redfish in down Louisiana. Um, we recently we were talking to the uh, TWRA agent about the Bill Dance Signature Lakes um, that they got going on out here. So that's that's an interesting topic, man. They, he had the information he had was pretty cool. How um, do you think that's gonna gonna affect some of those little hidden gem trophy lakes that are that are out there in West Tennessee right now? Because now they're gonna be published on a map, well documented. How do you think that's going to affect right. the fishing pressure? Yeah, Bill Dance signature lays. Come, come catch them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of my buddies know, fish out there all winter long and put up thirty bags, you know, for two or three weeks at a time. I just, I think, I can't help but think they're going to have a lot more company out there for for this kind of stuff just because of you know the name recognition now. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, there's probably been numerous online tournaments won out of some of these lakes. <laughs> oh, guaranteed, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, you know, the, with what they're talking, the amount of money that they haven't, that they're going to be investing, uh, investing Huge. into it. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, I mean, and they're they're pulling out the big big equipment. You know, some stuff that they're they're doing for our local lake out here, Herb Parsons is. They're going to be bringing out some um, excavation equipment and changing out the um, structural, you know, definition to it. So, which is which is good because I mean, you know, it's got a lot of shallow water and stuff that um, you know the water will come down um, during the summer. It will just you know evaporate a lot and get real low. So they you know by digging it out and stuff like that, that'll kind of you know spread the fish out a lot more. But um, you know what you're seeing a lot though is a lot of these little you know trophy lakes are they've been getting pounded and i think a lot of people have been taking fish out of them and stuff putting them in their little farm ponds or whatnot 
uh, Gibson County is has been a really awesome lake, but it's kind of it's kind of going downhill. So um, Gibson County is a cool it. lake that's really overlooked. That's when they did what was it the KBBBBT championship up there at Real Foot. They drove right past the best lake they should have fished out there <laughs> as far as larger public lakes in West Tennessee. They should have pulled over and had it right there at Gibson County. That was that was the spot for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like a little miniature Lake Fork. I mean, it's yeah, got a lot of standing stand timber. timber. Yeah, it's a yep. cool looking place. I mean, there's there's some toads in there, man. <laughs> Every state's right. got those little online tourney honey holes that end up just getting exposed and beat. Dude, there there's one out there close to where Justin lives. It's a it's a sand pile hole basically, and it is slap stack full of giants. Just get stupid it. full of. I mean, they're trying to grow the next state record. I don't. I, what I don't understand is how there's no structure or contour to the whole damn lake. Is what blows nothing. my mind. Like, there's nothing for those fish to hold to. So, you know, since live scope came about, you basically just go out there, pick your fish out for the day, and chase him with a giant bait till he bites. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy, but but it happens. Full of double digits. I think they've shocked up. Is it two or three 16 pounders out of that lake? Yeah. I yeah, mean, some true, a, true monsters. Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, we've, we've had a lot of local clubs, uh, local club tournaments out there. And I mean, it's, it's one of those, you know, on a good day, you pull three really good ones out, but you know, on a typical day you get, you know, one 24 incher and then a couple 16s, you know, if you're lucky. So, I mean, it's, uh, but like you said, I mean, it's like maybe, 200 300 acres it's not very big but no, just, you can just about cast across it i know it takes the pressure and just keeps on going man i don't i don't understand it full of them f1 strains getting fed boy <laughs> they're going big big that's uh, one thing that i hope that bill dance initiative does is drives them to grow the the trophy bass population in more of these public waters like you see what texas parks and wildlife has done with their fisheries out there with the share lunker program I would love to see Tennessee take a similar approach. And we don't have the weather that Texas does. I get that. But we have a huge opportunity with the resources that we do have with these river systems to grow, you know, great bass populations. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to if you can keep TVA from spraying everything. Um, you know, we should have some some donkey factor. Not that not that the places that we have, you know, mentioned in Pickwick and Chickamauga and Gunnersville, those are great, but they could be so much better. I mean – you know, they 30 could, bags yeah. huge, but they could be cranking out 40, 40 bag plus, you know, five or six oh, times man. a year. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. I, I really like the, the program they got out there in Texas. That's, that's unreal. So I don't know. I don't know if TWRA is, is up for the task, if they want to commit to that or not, you know, it seems like, and I ain't, I'm not, you know, talking bad about them because they do a, good, a heck of a job, but it seems like they, they, go, they kind they of roll check your license at every ramp bad. now, if you say something bad about <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the Hobie champ. That's Justin Patrick. Get him. He's got the money. Let's ticket that man. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Give him a ticket. A couple it's more a questions. Expired. One from Facebook, and then one from me. We'll, we'll go with the Facebook one first. Sure. Josh Evans asks, "Are you fishing with Pasaki?" Ryan always asks this too. Like, once somebody wins one, are we going to pop off and go ahead and chase that AOI since it's best three? You know? <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm not doing the Williams <laughs> one. He said, "Nah, <laughs> hell no." Nah. I came out here and no. took that money and ran. Don't blow it on the road, Justin. That's great advice. Uh, yeah, I got I got other plans for that, but no, I I I hadn't committed to uh, the Northern Swing. I, I'm gonna, I'll be I'll be at Darnell. Um, my plan for the Hobie BOS was if I didn't make it happen 
in the southern swing at Darnell, then you know it just it ain't happening. So, but I'm I'm excited to be going to that TOC, man. That's that's a that's a special event. Okay, have you fished Darnell before, Justin? Did you come last year? Yeah, uh, I took fifth place there two years ago. The first the first year okay. I had it there, and, so, and it was in the fall then. Um. Sort of. It was, was like it? in August so. or September. Yeah, yeah it was okay. something. Yeah, it was later in the year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's gonna set up good for you. I was gonna say it's a it's a river system lake, so you should be comfortable there. Um, yeah. And then my question: you, there was a couple threads on the group page this week about live scope. Mark Springer started them both. I think his last one was: if you're not scoping, <laughs> if you're not scoping, you're hoping. So I'd be remiss. <laughs> Mark, if I didn't Mark ask you. Threat started all these threads because he ain't got live scope in his living room. Yeah, as, as Luke Arian said, the pores that don't have live scope. But uh, did LiveScope play for you at all in this? No, no, it didn't. I, okay, this is this is a that's a topic I always like to talk about on on lines in. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, man. You know, I mean, you know, you you hear conflicting stories. You know, some guys are saying or or you know they're reporting that uh, you know they're they're running their fish off with LiveScope. You know, it's pinging them right in the face. You know, so. I mean, there's, you know, you can still get out there and win with 2D and clear of you guys. I mean, they've been doing it for years. <laughs> so. See there, there's another winner with no live scope. We've had a couple up in the shallows with no live scope paddling. We've got this, this one right here. Did you, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming side scan, down scan, whatever to find your grass. But other than that, you yeah, 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 man, most of the grass was pretty subsurface uh, in some of the areas on the flat. Um, I mean, you, you know, you could see a plan as day. So, I mean, it was tall I don't and healthy. I think I have ever cashed a check running a graph. Now that I think about it. No, no, nope. I didn't. I didn't catch a check in that because I got a speeding ticket and missed weighing. Um, yeah. So I'm taking that shit off my boat. <laughs> it's for sale. PM Crack Toby. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm yeah, gonna drop I'm, I'm gonna drop some juice for uh for some guys about the ledge deal, man. You know, it the the ledge thing, you know, I I don't always trust trust my graph. I don't always just look for fish. You know, sometimes I'm just looking for uh, the, you know, the bottom composition, you know, content, you know, what, you know, stumps and rocks and stuff like that. Um, you know, and then if it has bait around it, you know, not just, not just shad, but, you know, bluegill and stuff like that. If you got a lot of action going on, on that ledge, even if you don't really see a lot of fish on it, man, still throw down there. I mean, I, I do a lot of, uh, ledge fishing at, you know, during the winter on Pickwick and stuff. And, a lot of times, you know, they're not schooled up like that. So, you know, you just fish a ledge, Ned rig, or, you know, whatever you want to throw. And, uh, I mean, you know, oftentimes you'll catch one. I like but, it. I like it. Jesse said he'll give you five bucks for the scope, Ryan. You got it, Jesse. <laughs> Come pick it up. Five bucks in the case of bush light. It's all yours. <laughs> oh, Jesse. I still got some moonshine left, Jesse. Swing on by. We'll get after it. Oh, man. Yeah, what else we got for for this man tonight, Ryan? I know both of us probably need to go start an IV of something to i gotta to go that. i gotta get up and go to go to a meeting in the morning like a big boy yeah since i ain't making any money fishing i'm gonna have to go back to work it looks like <laughs> justin can retire for a week or two there sure i was back at work this morning man <laughs> same 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 yeah um don't i don't know what what are you what do you have left on your schedule outside of dardanelle are you you fishing your local club stuff you gonna make it to state see you at kentucky lake uh, no, I uh, haven't been. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, this is you're a boring guest, Justin. Do you fish nope. anything else? No, not really. Uh, no, 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 no. See you. well, I, I usually I usually fish the club a lot, um, but I just I just you know I haven't really been fishing with them much this year. You know, whatever they got left on the neck, the rest of the schedule, I'm, I'm going to try to fish some of it. But you now the Tennessee Bass Nation, um, 
the Bassmaster opens, and then the uh, Hobie was kind of my schedule for this year. So I think uh, Douglas is coming up on the Tennessee Bass Nation. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I might I might do that. Um, then they got the championship. That's on Chick too, isn't it? That's it is on Chick, Justin. <laughs> <is>. Ironically <laughs> enough, yeah, yeah. But so that uh, TOC, you know, just a few other tournaments. But I mean, dude, the, the way the schedules have lined up, I mean, there's it's been so hot and heavy the first of the year. Dude, the next it, this is a, this dead. has been a nuts schedule, and I love that there's so many options and so many things to do. But I try myself i want to participate in in everything right you know like i want to support the hobie series because i honestly feel like you know looking at that check behind you that's the biggest thing we have going the bass nation stuff i want to see it take off because i feel like that could be its own mid-range deal with with Mm -hmm. a you know good championship and then our our local stuff like i want to i want to continue to fish the local stuff because i have great relationships and and really good times with these local guys so it's hard to like i don't want to fish every weekend that's not a joke at all i mean you have to find some kind of balance somewhere you can't just keep your keep your stuff on a trailer and gas in the truck and run all the time so yeah uh, i like that there's the options i don't like that there's so many sacrifices involved trying to trying to do it all yeah, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of tournaments uh, this year scheduled on top of each other um, or, you know, like back-to-back weeks. So it's kind of, oh, like, yeah. you know. And that's what I'm saying is, like, if I just supported my core group of 10 people, then there's 17 overlapping tournaments. Like, there's so much there's so <laughs> right. much stuff going on that it's it's almost impossible now to, like, to be able just to, to go out and, and – make everybody happy i guess is yeah, yeah. i'd say it's to the point of your bass boat circuits to where if you're a guy with a bass boat that wants to fish tournaments you can fish almost every single day but definitely every single weekend with club tournaments and jackpots and everything else and it's gotten to that bit be that way in kayak fishing i mean you find a tournament to get to every single weekend oh you yeah to, you know what i mean yeah but i feel like uh, you have to balance that out like you don't want to get burnt out on it no. or else you're going to lose that I don't want to say competitive edge or whatever, but that's you're exactly not as hungry. Happens, right? Like if you like, well, I mean, you get burnt out. Is that what yeah, happened, Jeff? That's what happened. Jeff got burnt out. No, he's not. Competitive. Or, I got, or, or I got old. I don't know. Maybe both. <laughs> no, we'll say burnout. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. yeah, man. Somebody could definitely go on the road full time if they wanted to right now with kayak fishing. So, yeah. and at least participate in the events they may not make any money but they could go on the road with it for sure <laughs> you can sign up and pay your money that's for sure they'll, they'll let right. you every time <laughs> dang right yeah no well, justin man congrats again thank you for taking the time after a long weekend to uh to visit with us and thanks for putting on a show this weekend it was fun, man, to, fun to watch from afar yeah it's uh it, it was it was a lot of fun man i'm still <laughs> still registering it so but thank you guys for having me on man i've enjoyed it you bet. You bet. All right. I'm gonna try. I may try to jump in New Hampshire. I don't know. I gotta. I gotta pull an audible here. I got Susky and Dardanelle for sure on the schedule. I may have to jump in New Hampshire. I think Hobie World's probably gonna conflict with Wolf and Fox. So I don't know, man. I'm gonna try to see you down there in the swamp, Justin. I know a great little spot at Shreveport. I think uh, the Hustle or something or other. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds take you out to a nice steak dinner <laughs> if I could get down there. Sounds like I might need to bring my nine to that one. <laughs> yeah, you need to turn your location off too. That's 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 like, don't be like running Life 360 when we get down there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, wild stuff. Yeah. All 
All right. Well, hey, thanks everybody for watching YouTube, Facebook, uh, and anywhere else you caught this. We'll wrap it up. And we'll we'll round up another guest for next next week. We will, I think. I think if we're not off the airways. But anyway, <laughs> everybody have a good night. Uh, take it easy, guys.